0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. So I'm Candice, for those of you that are here for the first time today. And um, my husband and I Mark lead Life Changes Church here at Tableview. And um, Mark, he's so funny because Whenever it's these Arise events and I have to prep for my preaching and all of it, I always get a little nervous and a little stressed, you know, and um, he he likes to remind me that this is what I do weekly, and he likes to drive that point. I'm like, okay, yes, I know, I know. It is a conference, but you know, (laughs) yeah, Um, so, but yeah, it really is an honor for me to share. Can I actually just pray before we start? Father God, I just thank you for this privilege of being able to stand up here. And um, share your heart and preach your word, Father God. What a privilege, Lord. And I pray that you would just speak through me, Father God, and reach into every woman's heart, Lord, and open their eyes to see more of who you are and who they are, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> we love Rich and Jack's so much. They're amazing friends of ours. And I shared a little bit around Jack's last night, but I'll share one more little thing. Um, I try to find a picture, but you're lucky I didn't find it. Um, uh, they've been great friends. I was trying to think of the first time that I remembered... Um, My first time meeting Rich and Jax, I don't know if it was the first or the second or whatever, but Mark and I were having an Austin Powers party. Some of you might know what that movie is. The younger ones won't know, okay? We had a dress-up party, and Mark and I, in those days, we loved our parties, dress-up parties, house party. It was our 25th or 26th birthday celebration, 23rd, I don't know, don't know details. And um, Rich and Jax rock up in these black, no, in these red tight pleather pants, both of them, mind you, (laughs) Tight, tight red pleather pants, and both wearing these black tight netted tops. And they arrive at this party, and I was like, "Wow, I, I'm, I, think I'm going to like these guys. They're really cool." <laughs> You're lucky I didn't find that picture, guys. I would have put that up, right? Eh? Okay. So, anyways, the th- I mean, I must just check my time. Okay. All right. So the the theme obviously is she is and as we've all been um, here and we know that it's about our identity in Him, who we are and and who He is and who He says we are. And, um, you know, we can only truly know who we are when we know who He is, right? And he is creator God, after all. He is the one who made us and created us so beautifully. And I love the way Jack shared on that in Genesis um, last night and how she opened it up on how God breathed on us and created us and fashioned us and shaped us. And um, I just want to read together Psalm 139. I'm going to read it at the Passion Translation. Read with me on the screen. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in that secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Isn't that beautiful? that just gives me such security and such hope and strength. And um, in the NIV translation, verse 13 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want us to say that together, okay? And I want you to believe it as you say it. Let's do it, okay? Are you ready? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, no, I need a little bit more energy and conviction. Are you ready? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember my mom-in-law saying to me, sometimes, Candace, you've got to look at yourself in the mirror, okay. and you've got to say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And even as you were saying it, I don't want you to hear the, the lies of the enemies, yeah. the, the lie of the enemy saying and, uh, that actually he disqualifies you, yeah. all right? You need to believe it. Yeah. Okay, we are the handiwork of a master artist I love the way artists sign um, their artwork at the end of their painting. And so we have God's signature on us. We are his handiwork. And um, we have the, yeah, his his, um, signature on us. Um, I really trust that God is speaking to you and opening your heart and revealing things to you, each of you over this weekend about who you are. There's so much I could speak on around identity, but this morning I really felt to share on hope And um, part of our identity as God's daughters is to be hopeful and to carry hope and represent him well and being woman of hope in a world that so desperately needs it. So my title is, sorry, I'm battling with my voice. I think I'm losing my voice a little bit. She is hopeful. (laughs) I write everything down. Yeah, okay. I was actually a bit hesitant in speaking on hope because in a worldly sense, you can, the word hope, when you use the word hope, it can almost come with a, a sense of uncertainty, right? And almost like a, a wishful thinking. And so I was a bit hesitant. You know, like we say, uh, I hope, like my son will say, I hope Daddy comes home and we can, early and we can kick a ball together. Or we might say, I hope I get those diamond earrings for Christmas. Or I hope I get that, that raise, you know. And, but biblical hope not only desires something good to happen. It expects it to happen. And it's almost like this joyful anticipation that it's going to happen and a confidence that it's going to happen. Because biblical hope is rooted in the faithfulness of our God. The reason we can have have hope is because God is faithful and He is true. Um, So hope ultimately isn't rooted in like a good financial year or a good salary or a good relationship, a good aggregate, although those things are good and amazing, I want to tell you, hope is in a person and his name is Jesus. We've never needed hope more than we do today in a world that is so broken with war and poverty and abuse and sickness and um, a world where the family unit is so broken down like it's never been before, where divorce is on the increase and um, in a world where our sexual identities are, are confused, we've never needed hope more than we do today. And, there's, and when we lose hope, I believe we lose direction, we lose the will to carry on, yeah. we lose the will to fight, we, even, we may even lose the will to live. And there's nothing that the enemy would want more yeah. than to take our hope. Isn't that true? So part of my hope journey has been trusting God with um, chronic pain for the last two and a half to three years. And most of you know the story. Um, I won't go into details, but it's been a tough journey. I'm so much better now, and I'm so grateful to God. And, um, but I would have really, really bad months and bad weeks throughout those two and a half, three years, and I would have moments where I would feel such discouragement and despair and... Almost heartache because I wasn't—I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't feel like God was giving me answers, and um, but I had to hold on to Him. I had to hold on to hope and know that my God is faithful and He had never, ever, never left my side. He's been so good through it all. Some of my journey has also been trusting God. I'm just giving you some examples and, and trying to just open up for you. But but some of my journey and hoping this hoping in God is actually my journey with my little boy who's battled a bit at school and battled with some um, difficulties, um, learning difficulties, and we've had so much therapy over the last couple of years, and um, it's been quite a tough road to navigate, you know, and sometimes we've kind of bumped heads, and we've made mistakes along the way, and we're trying to work out, Lord, what, you know? What's going on? And there's been some words that have been spoken over him that have just come against what God has spoken over my little boy. And I've had to hold on to God's promises and I've had to hold on to my God who is faithful. And I just want to say that we all have challenges. And some of us right now are facing some tough situations. Some of us are maybe feeling like there's no solution. We've come to like a dead end. We feel like There's no answer that you may be even feeling, coming here this morning, a sense of hopelessness. I want to tell you again that hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And I just want to open this up for you this morning. I want to open this up for you. I want to explain this to you in the best way that I can. Um, Jesus says in John 16, 33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, you're battling loneliness. Maybe you're battling anxiety or fear. He has overcome. Maybe you're battling a sickness, terminal sickness, or chronic pain, abuse, perhaps. Perhaps your marriage isn't in a good place. He has overcome. Jesus is your solution. Whatever you're facing, he has an answer. There's hope. Circumstances may be saying one thing and denying God's promises, but in the middle of that, We have hope and expectation in a good, loving father who is faithful, who is true, and who is sovereign, and who is not caught unaware of what you're going through right now. I just want to share some reasons. I want to open this up for us, why we can be hopeful, and I want to share this in two different life realities, okay? So the first one is hope for today in this life, and the second one is hope for eternity in the afterlife, and um, hope for today. Three reasons for hope for today. To have hope in this life is to know and trust in the character of God and his promises, in his word. But before I even go into those three points, I just wanna say this word of God is infallible, meaning it's perfect, it's true, it's unfailing, and it's given to us to depend on in our everyday life. God's promise in Isaiah 55 verse 11 is this so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what i desire and achieve the purpose for which i sent it girls i want to ask you are you spending time in the word of god are you getting stuck in and digging into this word this is your bread this is your source. this is your your food every day no situation is too difficult for him to speak into to direct to comfort to give hope his promises are true more true than what we're feeling more true than our circumstances what our circumstances are telling us more true than perhaps words or lies that have been spoken over you by the enemy or by people those lies this is has higher authority over your life god's word and who he says you are has higher authority are we holding on and being steadfast in his promises? Are we believing him? Okay, I'm getting, I'm sorry, all right, I'm getting on to my my three points. Hope for today. Hashtag, he loves me. I thought I'd add in a little hashtag there. Hashtag, he loves me, okay? John 4 verse 10 says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. I just love this because it shows that He loved us first, that he initiated this love relationship, that he comes down from heaven and he reaches down and he chases after us, not even just for salvation, but after we've given our lives to the Lord, he keeps coming after us. That's how much he loves us. And um, we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I just want to tell you that he saw you worthy enough to give his one and only son. He saw you worthy enough to die for you. And I think perhaps some of you are feeling a sense of unworthiness or almost feeling like you, you don't deserve. You don't deserve God's love. You don't deserve His favor. I want to tell you Romans 5, verse 8. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of scriptures. Romans 5, verse 8 says, While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died yeah. for us. Okay? That means that in our sin, Christ died for us. God loved us that much that he gave his only son. That means God's love is a gift. It's not performance, girls. It's not based on performance. We're saved by grace through believing him. It's as simple as that. It's a gift. He loves you. He accepts you. He qualifies you. You are enough because of Christ's perfect sacrifice. There's nothing you can do more to to make him love you more. Can I just repeat that? There's nothing you can do more for him to love you more, okay? Um, We have hope because this is the God who initiates this love relationship with us, towards us, despite ourselves, he comes after us. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, he loves you and he wants you near. He's drawing you close. He has a fierce, jealous love and it chases us down, okay? what's more <clears throat> Romans 8:39 nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord i just want to remind you that our god has an inseparable love nothing in can you say all creation all creation meaning all creation everything all means everything it just means all okay nothing 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 you're going through or facing Or have been through will separate you from God's love. Not death, not life, not present, future, past, no situation will separate you. I don't know about you, but that brings hope right there. Okay, point number two, I am forgiven. Okay, hashtag I am forgiven. Hashtag he loves me and then hashtag I am forgiven. Romans 6 verse 10, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. Jesus' death was the perfect sacrifice for all sin, meaning for all of us and for all sin, past, present, and future, okay? It's simple, believe in him, believe that he has forgiven you. Let go, girls, he has forgiven you. Let go, he has forgiven you. Um, Whether you feel it now or whether you don't, the truth is he has forgiven you. We mess up, we come straight back to him. In true repentance, He has forgiven us. Yeah. Come straight back to Him. You mess up, you just come running back to the cross. Yeah. Um, God doesn't want you living under the heavy weight of shame and guilt. Some are struggling to even forgive yourselves. Okay. Stop crucifying yourself, meaning just let yourself off the hook. Christ's perfect sacrifice was enough. Some of you might be in relationships that perhaps aren't, you know aren't good for you this morning. Some of you are, are, are struggling with, uh, with cycles of addiction, or perhaps you're struggling with identity of, of your past. God has forgiven you. Come back to him. Yeah. Find freedom in Jesus. Um, when you come back to him and you put hope in him, you'll start to taste freedom. Yeah. And I just want to tell you that right believing leads to right living. Okay, It's not the other way around. Right believing leads to right living. And you'll slowly, as you come back to him and you believe in him, you slowly start to feel the weight of that sin coming off, the weight of that shame, the weight of that guilt. You'll start to feel the chains break of sin, cycles of sin. Those chains are going to break. You're going to find freedom. We have hope because our confidence is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Not in how good a Christian we've been, not in how many boxes we've ticked. It's in the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness is a gift, and oh, what a gift that is. Christ has come to set you free. All right. Hashtag, He is faithful. Point number three, my last point before I go into the next thing. He is faithful. Another reason we can be hopeful in this life is because we serve a God who doesn't change. He is the same today, tomorrow yesterday. He's just the same forever. In a world that is constantly changing around us and um, with our emotions that constantly change within us, He is our only constant. I love 2 Timothy 2.13. <clears throat> it says, even when we are faithless, and some translations say unfaithful, even when we are faithless or unfaithful, He remains yeah. faithful, praise God, for He cannot disown himself. He cannot change. It's beautiful. We are hopeful because he never changes. I love John Piper's words on hope. He says, hope is something that should not waver because it is rooted in the faithfulness of God. There should be certainty in it because the will and purpose of God are like iron and not chalk. Not chalk that can be rubbed out and changed. It's like iron. His will is unchanging the Bible says His will for me is good, pleasing, and absolutely perfect. Yeah. Did you know that? His will for me is good, pleasing, and perfect. Not necessarily to me, hey <laughs> but for me. And his, that remains the same. Whether you're in a season of a time of joy and plenty and things are going well, His will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. It remains the same in times of loss, in times of suffering, trauma, whatever it is. His will for me is good, pleasing, and absolutely perfect. Hope in God's faithfulness carries us, I believe, in times of suffering. I just want to share a little bit. I'd I'd often have months or weeks of really, really bad, chronic, bad back pain and down my legs and up my back and headaches, and there'd be some of my worst moments were being bedridden. I would kind of move for a little bit and have to lie down again for weeks and um, not being able. I felt like God was literally just stripping me of my identity and being a mom, being a wife, being able to just be a pastor and help my husband and do all of those things. He was literally just, I felt like God was just stripping me. It was just stripping. It was the most painful, painful, just I don't know how to explain. I don't have the words. It was really, really tough. It was really hard. Had really some really bad moments of despair and um, discouragement, but I had to really trust in God's word. I had to really trust in His promises, even when I didn't feel it, even when I didn't understand. I knew that He was doing something in me for my future. I knew that hope was coming. Yeah. I knew that He was going to set me free. And um, I just want to tell you that I I knew His. His will for me was good, perfect, and pleasing, even in that time. Even when I didn't understand. Sometimes you have to give yourself to the process, processes of yeah. God. Yeah. And I just believe in those processes. God is growing you. He's maturing you. He's bringing you into an even deeper level of, a, of, of trusting Him, of hoping in Him. Yeah. And um, I believe that He's growing, growing us in those season, seasons into, into the girls that can handle what's to come. Our future, we might not see it, but my God, I trust you because I know you are loving, I know you are good, I know you've got me. Okay, his ways are not always our ways, but our hearts are secure and we have hope because he is sovereign and faithful. In a world of broken promises, his promises remain true. You know, marriage today, unfortunately, most marriages are quite a poor representation of this covenantal love of God that is forever forever. His promise is I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> maybe you've been hurt by broken promises or unfaithfulness in marriage or in a relationship. Put your hope into the unchanging, forever faithfulness of our God. Okay, these are three points that I've shared with you, and there's just so much more, but if you dig deep into this word, he will reveal more to you. I just want to share, what are, what are some of the points now I've shared on finding hope in this life, but what about eternity? What about heaven? What about when we die? What about the afterlife? So, second point is an eternal hope. Um, Billy Graham, this great evangelist, says, the grave is not the end, for the Christian, death holds a glorious hope. The hope of heaven. And I got so excited preparing this. I was like, I felt like a little girl. Like, as I was reading and, and just opening up some of these points, I was just, wow, Lord. I was just like standing in amazement and awe of how amazing eternity actually is. And I, so I just want to kind of share that with you this morning. And um, most Christians are okay with finding hope in the afterlife. You know, we, we know that when we breathe our last breath, we're going to be with Jesus, we're going to be with Him forever. Um, But if you're like me, we tend to think of it a little less than we should. And I wanna share this a bit. And um, you might be saying, but why? Why do we need hope in this life? Why why do we need hope in heaven for today? Why? And I just believe that I think it helps us through tough times. I think it helps us through confusing times, um, times of um, suffering. It's important to have a mental image of eternity and where we're going. Jesus said we'll face troubles of many kinds in this life, but his antidote is always the same. Trust in me and hope in what's to come. Okay, I've got to actually stop making a move. All right. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We all have different crosses to bear at different stages in our life. But for the joy set before us, we endure, right? We persevere. We carry on for the glorious hope in heaven. I just want to share a quick story with you which will help us understand why we may need hope in heaven today. Okay, sorry. In in 1952, Florence Chadwick tried to swim from Catalina Island to the coast of California. For 15 hours, she endured choppy waters, possible shark attacks, extreme fatigue. Then a thick fog set in, and she gave up. Two months later, she tried again. This time, though it was foggy again, she made it. When asked what made the difference, she said, the first time, all I could see was the fog. The second time, I kept a mental image of the shoreline in my mind while I swam. And for me, this story is just an incredible picture of, um, sorry, incredible picture of how heaven should function in our life as we follow Jesus today. In order to persevere through the fog and the mist of today and some of the hardships, we need to have this picture in mind. Yeah. So I'm going to open that up for you. 2 Corinthians 5.1. If the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. We have an eternal home. Yeah. This isn't our home. This is temporary and actually a very, very small part of eternity. So he, Jesus speaks about preparing a place for us. He speaks about the Father having a mansion with many rooms for all of us. It's a home. And um, so I'm going to share seven brief points about heaven which will stir our faith and give us hope. Okay. Hashtag, number one. Hashtag face to face. I think one of the most glorious things about heaven is that we're going to meet Jesus face to face. To the one that we've prayed to a million times. We get to look into his eyes, we get to hold his scarred hands, and we get to weep and hug him and just be with him. On earth, we we know him in part, but then we shall fully, fully know him. How wonderful. Um, Hashtag, Okay, number two, hashtag body beautiful. When Jesus died and rose again, he appeared in his resurrected body and we too, when we go to heaven, are gonna have new bodies, resurrected, beautiful bodies. That's just giving us hope right there, ladies. Come on, okay? No more wrinkles, no more gray hair. I like tend to think it's probably around, maybe our mid-20s, the peak of our physical appearance. Good appearance. I'm not sure, but that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So um, come on, girls. That's awesome. Um, point number three, hashtag happy days. Yeah. We, don't just, we, we won't just have resurrected bodies, but we'll be on a resurrected new earth for eternity to enjoy. Come on. Um, the Bible speaks about eternal pleasures Eternal pleasures are at his right hand. We're going to enjoy these eternal pleasures with him. There's so much beauty today when we look at the earth today and we look at God's creation and it is absolutely stunning amongst some of the brokenness, you know, but can you imagine an earth where all natural disasters, destruction, rot, decay, um, yeah, caused by sin is gone forever. Um, We'll be left with an earth that displays only the Master's handiwork. And I I kind of like to think of it, you know, when... um, Sorry, let me just gather my thoughts. (laughs) I like to think of moments in my life where I've been awestruck by this beautiful array of colors in the sunrise, or I remember the time standing on top of Niagara Falls and just feeling, or at the bottom of Niagara Falls in that boat, and feeling the spray of this roar of this powerful, amazing waterfall. And um, I just think of God, you know, and I think of climbing, well, I didn't climb Table Mountain, I went on the, the what do you call it, cable car. Um, sounds better though, hey, climbing Table Mountain to the top and, you know, overlooking this beautiful, magnificent view of, of Cape Town and um, being in awe of God's creation. Can you imagine this beautiful, new, resurrected earth. I just get so excited. Um, okay. Number four, hashtag BFFs. As a believer in heaven, you will again say, see those who've accepted Christ. Families and friends will be reunited. It's going to be like this big, massive party. You know, we're going to be reunited with all our family and our friends. Revelation 5:9 speaks about heaven being a place where persons from every tribe and language and people and nation will be. All saints from all times will be together. Can you imagine? We'll have all eternity to meet everyone, you know? We'll have all the time in the world. Personally, I was just trying to think of um, people of who I'd love to see, and what about Joan of Arc? Can you imagine? I would say to her, hey, well done, you know, for just (laughs) showing those boys how it's done. Come on, just imagine. There'll be so many interesting people to get to know. Um, You think you have stories now of traveling the world and seeing different nations and countries and cultures and people? Can you imagine heaven and what we're going to experience there? Okay, number five, hashtag pain-free. Revelation 21 verse 4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And I believe more than just tears, there being no more tears in heaven. That picture of God wiping away our tears is just a picture of him not only, um, sorry, let me just gather my thought again, picture of God not only ending our pain in heaven, but actually healing, healing our pain and healing us. He's wiping away those tears. Just imagine standing before God Almighty and he surgically draws up the deepest wound in your life And he heals you and transforms you and gives you this eternal glory and hope and joy. Can you imagine? All the scars left by sin will be healed. All the emotional scars left by abuse. All the relational tearing apart caused by divorce. The wounds inflicted by harsh words. This will all be healed. Okay, are you still with me? All right. Okay. A few more to go. All right. Number six, hashtag destiny. Revelation 23, 22 verse 3 says about heaven that his servants shall serve him. This is a really cool point. I get excited about this because most of us think, or I was used to thinking, that actually in heaven we're just going to be singing praise choruses and worshiping him all day. But it says that we're going to serve him. And I believe that means that we are actually going to work for him. There's nothing wrong with singing praise choruses and worship, it's beautiful. I mean, that's definitely gonna be a huge part of it. Um, But I don't believe that God created architecture and art and agriculture. I don't know why, but I only thought of the A's. (laughs) Anyway, I couldn't think of anything else. Um, uh, To just destroy it forever? I don't think we're just gonna be kind of floating somewhere in a, a, a cloud, kind of just singing choruses all day. I really don't. I really believe on this new earth and our new bodies, we are going to be serving God Almighty. And yes, praise and worship is going to be a huge part of it. All right. Um, All right, where are we? Number seven, last one, hashtag kept for you. 1 Peter 1 Four to five says, we were brought into a living hope and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are guarded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. God says that he has an inheritance that is kept for us in heaven that's imperishable, unspoilt, and unfading. And I like to think of unfading um, as almost like it doesn't get boring. It's not going to get boring. So like when my little boy gets a gift for the first time, he's excited, he's stoked, this is amazing, for the first like day or two or three, and then it's kind of, okay, it's getting boring now, and it kind of it just gets left aside. I don't think heaven's going to be boring. I really don't. I think it's, it's I, don't, I don't have the words to explain. <laughs> okay, God, okay, where am I? I've actually come... Yeah. All right. So I hope that that has given us a little bit of hope and faith, um, hope in this life, in God's character and His promises, hope in the life to come. And um, I just want to say that Jackie later on today will be sharing some of her story of of Kiara's horrific accident and how uh, she was close to death, and how God miraculously healed her. It was a mir- It is. It's a miracle story. But. What do you do when you're facing terminal illness, right? What do you do when you've lost loved ones and it's been too soon, they've gone too soon? What do you do um, when you don't see God heal now? And that's just one aspect. We put our hope in God's character. We put our hope in His promises. We put our hope into eternity and where we're going, our eternal home, this is temporary. That is permanent, okay? We see heaven, you see... Heaven touched earth when God sent His Son to die for us, and we see heaven touching earth today in this life at different points and different times, like Kiara's healing. <clears throat> we might not see it all the time, but we continue to pray and we continue to press in and we trust God for heaven to come down, and um, and touch earth. We we continue to pray for the sick and lay hands on the sick, yeah. whether we see healing mirac- or he- whether we see healing or miracles today, or whether we wait in anticipation for the fullness of that to come in eternity. I just want to tell you that in both instances, we have won. We have victory. We have victory. We have won because death is not the end. The enemy, I'm going to sing this song. The enemy has been defeated and death couldn't hold you down. I'm going to lift my voice in victory. I'm going to make your praise, oh, sorry, my song, praises known. Come on, sing with me. The enemy has been defeated and death couldn't hold you down. I'm going to lift my voice in victory. I'm going to make my praises known. We are prisoners of hope because we are heaven bound for the joy set before you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Put your hope in him. Let's be woman of hope in a world that so desperately needs him. And I just want to pray this morning. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I have faith in my heart. And can I ask the band to just come up? Sorry. There are two things here that I want to pray into and I want to pray for. Firstly, I don't want to miss this opportunity. For some of you, this may be new to you. For some of you, you may be stepping into the church, maybe for the first time. Maybe you're hearing about this, the tender love of God that Mark shared on a little bit. And um, this love, this fierce love that chases us down, that, that comes down even in our sin. And um, maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't surrendered to him. Can I ask you to stand? Can I, can, all of us, can I ask us to stand as we worship? But I just, can I ask you to just close your eyes? I don't want to miss this opportunity. Please close your eyes, everyone. I just pray for those that perhaps are feeling a tug in their heart. Even now your heart is pounding. That's <laughs> God calling you. He's calling you home. He's calling you into his loving arms. He's chasing you, and he's actually been chasing you for a while. He's been chasing you for a while, and he wants you to surrender. He wants you to surrender. Don't miss this opportunity, girls. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. And even as I've shared on heaven, there's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to the Father and that's through His Son Jesus Christ dying for you. So I want to pray for those that want to give their hearts to the Lord, that want to make that decision and that commitment today. If that is you, please can I ask you to be brave enough to to lift your hands, to just lift your hand for me. I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you this morning. If that is you, don't miss this opportunity. If God is calling you, if you're feeling your heart is pounding, can you lift your hand for me so I can see? Okay. All right. And then I want to pray for those who have perhaps lost hope. I want to pray for those who have lost hope. Father God, I just pray that you give hope again, Lord, in your son Jesus Christ. I just pray, Father, right now for ladies that perhaps are in a situation or in circumstances now that they feel like they've come to a dead end. They feel like there is no solution. They're feeling a sense of hopelessness. Lord Jesus, you are the answer. Perhaps it's in a marriage that is failing. Perhaps it's in a relationship that is perhaps abusive. Perhaps it's cycles of sin. Perhaps it's cycles of abuse. Perhaps it's identities that have been lost, purpose that feels lost and destiny. If that is you this morning, can I ask you to just raise your hand for me, please? If that is you this morning, thank you. Thank you. God sees your hands. God sees your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. Thank you, Lord, that you are our hope, Jesus. I just pray for these women that have raised their hands, Lord that you become real to them, Father God. I pray that you become so real, that your promises over them become real and come alive to them, Lord, as they, they spend time with you. And even now, Lord, remind them of your promises. Remind them of what you've spoken over them, Lord. Remind your daughters, Lord, of who they are and whose they are, Lord. Right now, Father God, give them hope, Lord. Thank you that we can hope in you because you are faithful and you are good and you are true, truer than what we're feeling, truer than any circumstance, truer than any situation we find ourselves in right now, Lord. You are good, Lord. Your love chases us down, Father. I pray for these women, Lord. Give them hope, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you this morning, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for the hope of heaven, Lord. I pray for those who have perhaps lost loved ones, Lord, and they've gone too soon, Father God. I cry out for these women, Lord, that they would find hope in eternity, Father God, the fullness of knowing you, the fullness of their pain and their hurt and their heartache, being healed, Lord, in the presence of a loving Father reach into their hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning. We worship you. Thank you, Lord.